in three, in two, in one. Hi, everybody. Tim Anderson here, the Appraiser's Advocate. Thank you for sitting down with me today for this podcast. I appreciate it. We're talking real estate appraisal, and we call this one USPAP and All Necessary Information. Recently, I had some questions come to me in the mail. They were related, so I have condensed them here into one question. In relevant part, the question was, quote, I understand the definition of scope of work. It's the type and extent of research and analysis in an appraisal assignment, unquote. I also know and understand that SR 1-4 requires me, quote, to collect, verify, and analyze all information necessary for credible assignment results, unquote. So, what constitutes all information necessary? And, as an afterthought, why is it so important? Unquote. USPAP wisely chooses not to dictate to us what it means by, quote, all information necessary, unquote. This is simply because different assignments require different information. They have different complexities that will require different scopes of work. USPAP further assumes we appraisers are smart enough and think critically enough, as well as sufficiently well-trained to understand these subtleties. Please understand that from this point onward, while I do quote the USPAP document, the answers are otherwise mine. They may be incorrect or not applicable in any given appraisal situation. Therefore, you are free to use them or not use them, but use them with the caveat that I'm probably wrong. Just ask my wife. First, look at the phrase, quote, type and extent of research and analyses, unquote. Notice the plural, analyses. That plural reference alone suggests that a value opinion solely via the sales comparison approach is suspect. Spoiler alert, it is. It's also bias. Stay tuned to find out why. Further, it also implies that an adjustment from only one protocol, in other words, from only one set of paired sales, is also suspect. More on this, too, later in the report. Therefore, my interpretation of USPAP is that analyses solely from the sales comparison approach are insufficient. Alone, this approach does not constitute an analysis of, quote, all information necessary for credible assignment results, unquote. It's also my interpretation. We appraisers should analyze the property via at least the cost approach as well as the sales comparison approach. I'll talk later about the income approach. Please notice the subtlety here. I do not advise the use of the cost approach merely as an indication of value. Rather, I advocate its use as an analytical tool to deconstruct the sales comparison approach. Reasonably, you ask why. Remember, both the sales comparison approach and the cost approach measure the same property attributes. First is the value of the underlying site, as if it were vacant and available to be put to its highest and best use. Then, they both measure the contributory value of the improvements. Since they both measure the same property attributes, then their respective value indications should be essentially the same. Let me repeat this for emphasis. 
Since they both measure the same property attributes, then their respective value indications should essentially be the same. It also means an adjustment drawn from merely one pair of sales is equally insufficient. That adjustment must be the results of analyses, plural. This means paired sales and, say, depreciated cost. Or depreciated cost and the capitalized loss in value due to loss of income. Or interviews with market participants and depreciated cost. The point is, just not one source. It is this knowledge from at least two directions that doctors call a diagnosis. This bi-directional support tells us whether we are on the path to a credible value opinion. It is impossible to draw a straight line between points A and B without having both point A and point B. Before, from this microphone, I've indicated how important the cost approach is as a part of a credible value conclusion. But appraisers tell me all the time that accrued depreciation is hard to calculate in an older house. No, it's not hard. Please look at page 571 of the 15th edition of the Appraisal of Real Estate. It consists of a three-component mathematical formula. So, accrued depreciation is simple to calculate. I'll concede the point that in an older home, the results may lack reliability, but to claim it is irrelevant because it's hard to calculate is hollow logic and empty reasoning. It's also wise to avoid the hollow logic and empty reasoning of merely assuming the income approach is not valid. The cost approach does a poor job of indicating that house's market value. Purchasing a home may function as an inflation hedge, but that's not why we buy them. They are not investments in the classic sense as are stocks and bonds. But its inherent analytics can point us toward a market-supported highest and best use conclusion. It can also help us isolate the contributory values of amenities such as swimming pools. But to claim it's irrelevant, we first must engage in its analytics. Only then can we authoritatively say it's irrelevant. Just because a property is not rented now does not mean it will not generate a rental income in the future. All you need to do is stick a four-leaf sign in the front yard. Then you'll see if there's a rental market. So, when it comes to, quote, all information necessary for credible assignment results, unquote, what does that mean? It means, in part, using the analytics of all three approaches to value to form a value conclusion. But that's not all it means. We appraisers find ourselves in charged political times. There are those who want to take real estate appraisal away from us, the real estate appraisers, to federalize it. Part of their motivation, part of their claim, is that we appraisers are racially biased. Nothing could be further from the truth. But sometimes we are our own worst enemies. How is that, and how is that related to bias? Selection bias is the result of using data from only one source to arrive at a conclusion. We appraisers do this all the time. You don't think so? We have just spent the last nine minutes talking about it. But you say, we have to do that. We have to use only the sales comparison approach. That's what the certification says. Here is what it really says. Quote, 
I developed my opinion of the market value of the subject property, that is, the subject of this report, based on the sales comparison approach to value, unquote. Notice the word based. Your opinion of value is based on the sales comparison approach. It does not say that was the only appraisal protocol you used. It does not say it was the only approach to value you used. It merely means you base your value conclusion on it. That leaves plenty of room for other protocols, other procedures, and other approaches. We demonstrate selection bias when we develop only the sales comparison approach. USPAP makes it clear biases, quote, a preference or inclination that precludes an appraiser's impartiality, independence, or objectivity in an assignment, unquote. This definition clearly does not limit itself to racial bias. Neither should we appraisers. There are other biases we appraisers commonly demonstrate, but there is not time in this podcast to go into them in proper detail. That's for another podcast. So, now it's time to close the logic loop and circle back to where we started. Our original question was, quote, what constitutes all information necessary, unquote. This, of course, is in the context of SR 1-4 that counsels us to, quote, collect, verify, and analyze all information necessary for credible assignment results, unquote. There is more than one way to do this, but for our purposes here, it means to complete all three approaches. Then we can demonstrate independently, impartially, and objectively if the sales comparison alone meets this challenge. This way, we show no preference or inclination to preclude our independence, our impartiality, our objectivity. Then our critics cannot accuse us of bias. Then we're collecting verifying and analyzing all information necessary for credible assignment results. Thanks for listening. This is Tim Anderson, the Appraiser's Advocate. If I can ever be of help to you, please get in touch with me, Tim at theappraisersadvocate.com. You can listen to these podcasts on my website, www.theappraisersadvocate.com or on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to check out my books, theappraisersadvocate.com slash products. And then for other interviews and other lessons, please see my YouTube channel, The Appraisers Advocate. Again, thank you. It's an honor to be with you. It's a pleasure to know you. I hope that we get to meet each other in the future. And before we go, please let me ask one last question. Are your reports complete enough? Now we're clear. <laughs>